show. Damn glad to be with you tonight. Hope you are having a great day as we make our way through this week. Got lots to cover as usual tonight. Had a, had a great time over on Coin Club as usual. Make sure that you get on over there. You can you can join by just clicking that red button right here on Rumble. It says join on it. Pretty easy. Takes you over. Or you can go to drewberquist.locals.com if you're watching somewhere else. Click that uh, click that button, though. Go to drewberquist.locals.com. Sign up. You'll have some fun with us from the pre-show tailgate each and every day, Monday through Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern as we kind of Get ready for the show. Get in the mood for the show, if you will. So come do that. If you use promo code Drew30, you get your first month free. Of course, not only do you get booze and banter uh, and, and the pre-show tailgate, but you get a challenge coin sent to you as well. So sign up. Once you sign up, we will send you a link where you can send us your address, and we'll drop a coin in the mail to get to you. Uh, we'd love to have you over there. Tom, Disco, we ready to do this? Yeah, I got a question for the audience right off the bat. Go ahead. I just I just saw a video on X of the vice president Carmela coming down the stairs of Air Force Two in Savannah, Georgia. Down at the base of the steps, she are flanked by two Air Force guys who are saluting. Does the vice president return the salute? Send hmm. your responses in. That was I, like I a... don't know. I, I seriously don't know. I watched her come down the stairs and give a salute to them. I did. I did. Hadn't seen that before. I'm not sure if that's customary. It's just a question. It's not a dig or anything. I just, it's my own ignorance. Um, come on. You're not an ignorant person. <laughs> um, but you can be ignorant on one thing. Doesn't no. mean that you're a total <laughs> ignoramus. <laughs> no, I, I know. I, I, I thought yes, but 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 I, I don't actually know the technical answer, the traditional answer, if you will, on that either. So, you guys weigh in. I'm sure someone knows the answer to it. By the way, I, tw- I tweeted about this earlier today. Most of us did. Uh, just a crappy day. Lost Toby Keith um, after his, his long battle with cancer, uh, which just sucks. Because what a great uh, musician, yes, but just a great American man. Someone who, there, there's there's a less than a handful. There's plenty of people who support the troops, say nice things, and even do nice things for the troops and others serving overseas. But there's a handful or less who are just rock stars on that that front. And Gary Sinise, of course, is, is one of them. But Toby Keith was right up there. Such an amazing person, patriot, person who loved this country. Love um, love everything he did. Disco, Disco can you yeah, check? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. Um, but what an amazing guy. What an amazing guy and way too young, 62 years old. Uh, for for us to to lose him, that just sucks. It, it was it was, uh, you knew it was coming because he'd been battling this for a while, or you presumed it was. You don't obviously hope for the worst, but man, what a loss for us! And he he really was um, just epic in terms of what, you know. Some people will go over to Afghanistan or Iraq and they'll hit the main base in Afghanistan. They go to Bagram, right? You've had WWE, you've had other people go and do things like that there, which is amazing. I'm not taking away from that. Toby Keith would show up at forward operating bases. I think it was 2008 or 2009 he did a tour there. He did 17 different shows in Afghanistan. He he showed up at these tiny-ass little bases just to bring a smile to these folks, get to meet the folks who are on the front lines, very literally, in in the case of some of those places. Just next-level awesome, and uh, he will be sadly uh, very, very much so missed. Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you firsthand, being in Afghanistan in 02 
it was Angry American and Let the Body Hit the Floor were the songs that <laughs> permeated every fob that I went to. Yeah. They, those two songs were the soundtrack of Operation Enduring Freedom in the early days. Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. I, I heard a bunch of songs the other day. I don't know where I, well, you know, I have serious like a lot of other people do. And I was scrolling through something. And I don't remember what channel I stopped on. And actually, no, no, no. Sorry. I was in my wife's car, which does not have Sirius. And, and all the country stations were on commercial. Every damn one of them all at once, which pisses me off. So I'm scrolling through and I landed on a station that had a bunch of songs from that era. And I, man, I just, you just go straight back. Then I'm like scrolling through. I'm driving around with my son over the weekend, like scrolling through my phone, like what else can I find? And, and trying to play those because man, there are some anthems from that time that absolutely for those at that point, but, but throughout the war on terror, which obviously is, is still going, uh, but operation enduring freedom and Iraqi freedom, not, but we don't need in. What is that one? Um, we, Oh, Burn mother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was another one too, a little bit later on. <laughs> yep. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Uh all right, we've got lots of news to get to, so I guess we should probably get into it. Let's do the news cruise. We showed a Biden clip over on coin club where where biden was at a i don't know if it was a smoothie shop or an ice cream shop it's new, usually an ice cream shop it seemed like maybe it was something different this time but he's coming out and he's he's being asked or told rather that trump wants to debate him and debate him immediately and he, he said I, I can't blame him i'd want to debate me too which of course an awful gaffe an awful moment for him showing just how broken and mentally compromised he is he's just not fit that's exactly what we all feel who wouldn't want to debate you joe but you're supposed to you're supposed to respond differently but he also gave us another moment this week because he was talking he was talking uh, and and well i'll just play the are you ready yep okay let's just play the clip and keep in mind the name he's mentioning is not in attendance at this particular uh, event. Take a listen. People have pled guilty. You know, Interesting. Right, right, right after. Okay. Let me figure out what's going on with that. Okay. Sorry. We'll bring it back. So we'll go. We'll go back to the other clip then while we're waiting. Uh, whatever you did, Disco, the sound is better. Jill says. So we're on track. We've had all sorts of little hiccups today. There's hiccups at Coin Club, hiccups here. Well, you did say you had to reset the system before I got in here, so I'm wondering if something some weird bug something happened because I don't know. I haven't changed anything. What did you touch? What Check. did you touch, Drew? I don't know. The power know. button. Had, you know, I had to be in early for Newsmax this morning, and and you know, you just you never know what happens. Technology and humans—they always fail you. Dogs, less so. I can at least play the Dogs. other one. We know that one has sound. Dogs are good. Which one? This one, if you want to show this one, but yeah, what the hell? Play it while you're working on the other one. If you need, maybe you need to bring it back in. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna try to do. Donald Trump is ready to debate you right now. Do you accept? <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump is ready to debate you right now. Do you accept? If I were him, I'd want to debate me too. Look, we already hit on this on Coin Club. We won't belabor the point, but. <clears throat> I mean, bro, of all the things you could say in response to that, uh, his, his first, his first kind of, you know, kind of laugh at all. 
just do that do that and don't respond but then to come and say I, if i were him i'd want to debate me too yes that's what we're saying that's the problem that is the issue here and i can't it, wait he reminds me joe biden reminds me of the grandmother in bad santa <laughs> when she she was like asleep on the in the recliner and she gets up and she's like i'll make sandwiches and then you know shuffles off to the kitchen it's like no matter what joe is doing it, it just everything that he says seems to always be out of context or if it's within context like he's saying here you know he, he's self-ratioing himself right yeah <laughs> he just ratioed himself you know it was a dig on himself 100 percent, 100 percent. you you literally are that unfit to serve unfit to go out just in public <clears throat> to the point where you 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 make that kind of a comment it's astonishing it's not surprising but it's astonishing <clears throat> excuse me i think we have this other clip now is this yeah that? well so i i see what the issue is and it looks like there is one channel of audio so there's a possibility that they can hear it but for whatever reason in the studio we can't hear it so well that's a problem yeah right, well, uh, it's it's it, it's sometimes the news clips come in and they come in mono for something for some okay. reason i don't know why so problem is we're 90 seconds ahead of you guys so you can't even tell us if if we can hear it or not. i mean do we, we just want to skip it or what do you want to do you want to well let's, let's live tv folks live tv let's try it all right yeah it's not working it's not working keep it up there for a second let me pull up this Wait, hang on. i just unmuted it but i'm thinking they can hear it <laughs> i was in the south of england and i well, sat down and i said america's back Let's let's uh, let's Germany. let's pull out. Yeah. Let's pull out. We have a no pull out policy here at the studio, but let's let's do that. Um, what's happening is he he's he's at this event and he's talking about Fra Francois Mitterrand, who used to be the French um, president from 1981 to 1995. And, but his comment is, I recently met. From Mitterrand from Germany. So you've literally got the fact that one, keep in mind, very important fact here is, is one, he's not from Germany. He was the French president from, like I said, 81 to 95. But here's another key factor in this whole thing. Mitterrand died in 1996. 1996, we're damn near 30 years past his death. Yeah, I just died. Well, I talked to, to Mitterrand from Germany. Nope, wrong country joker's dead and, and there's uh, there's obviously a lot to unpack with this two things in particular but a lot but we'll just we'll hit on two one like that clip we showed a second ago at the at the the smoothie shop or wherever the hell he was it once again proves as as we have all known we don't need any further evidence but it proves that you're unfit to serve but it also proves another point that's kind of lost in the sauce with all this is it proves and, and re-demonstrates the fact that you have been in Washington way too long. You've been there so long, you're confusing leaders with other leaders from nearly 30 years ago who are dead. <laughs> That's a big problem. Guys, reminder, I know we talk about it all the time. You guys say it in the chat all the time. This is not supposed to be a career serving in Washington, whether you're a congressman, a senator, president vice president cabinet member it's not supposed to be a career it's it's a it, we hear the term career politician all the time now 
that's not supposed to be a term. It's not supposed to be this way. But just absolutely, I mean, can you imagine? Well, I was going to say, can you imagine the AIDS hearing that as he says that? But most of the AIDS are like 18 years old and don't know who, who this guy is either. So, uh, but oh my gosh, it's just so bad. It is bad. And I, you know, I, I've referenced this a lot over the last couple of years on the show. My father suffered with Lewy body dementia, and it's a very horrible brain disease. It's in the Alzheimer's family. But with that disease, there were, you know, humorous moments. Again, my dad was not the president of the United States, so it was okay to have to have these humorous moments. And one came in 1998 when, you know, it was after five where my dad was going into the sundown hours and was still a little bit lucid in conversations. He knew who I was, and we were able to communicate a little bit. And I said, Dad, who are you voting for for president? And he turns and looks at me and goes, Dwight Eisenhower, one of the finest men I've ever met before. He stopped by the parade ground just yesterday here at Paris Island and said, how's it going today, Marine? I'm voting for Dwight Eisenhower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, it, 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 this reminds me so much of, of Biden referencing Mitterrand because that's 30 years ago. So in 2008, we're talking, you know, it, it, that was what, 40 plus years, you know, removed from my dad. It, it goes to show you when it comes to a brain disease, your, your short-term memory is absolutely shot. You can recall things from your long-term memory, and that's what we're seeing with Joe. For the life of him, he couldn't remember the name Macron, right. but he could remember Mitterrand. And yeah. I think most of us can remember Mitterrand because we all like saying Francois Mitterrand. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it just has that name. Right. But that's what we're seeing when, when he makes these references like this. Right. No, absolutely. I, I, I'm reaching for it. I'm reaching for it. It's not there. I don't know the current guy or several before him. I'm going back to what I do know from when my brain was working. Because it did work at a certain point. He's never been a good person. He's never accomplished anything in D.C. He's always been seen as a total douche nozzle. But, but his brain did actually work at one point, which is how he and his family have enriched themselves some of the different schemes they've done but it is it's 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 for for you and your situation it's awful and it's sad to see and i'm sure there's some people in the biden family who he hasn't slept with who 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 feel bad for him but it's 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 a disaster on the world stage this is you're you're supposed to there's a standard right and the standard has changed over the years what we see as a traditional normal president and what we want as a president now are different things. But there's always, and there, and there should always be, the tradition and the standard of you should be a highly regarded, highly respected person who dominates the room and commands respect from people. We've gone so far the opposite direction with this particular administration, it's remarkable. You can't get any further. You can't, I mean, it, literally, Macron and people like that, people whether they're in the room or whether they're watching on 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 tv or watching the clip later are just like like what like who 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 is this guy and what happened yeah. to america 
and it doesn't get any better. It never does. It only gets worse, and it becomes worse rapidly. Yeah. And from this point, uh, from that story that I told you about my dad saying he was going to vote for Eisenhower because he had just met him on the parade ground at Paris Island, it was less. It was less than a year. I want to say maybe eight. It was six months from that point until my dad went nonverbal, and it was another three months after he went nonverbal till he died, and it goes rapidly. Yeah. And, and of course, my dad, you know, didn't have the luxury of being injected with God knows what kind of drugs that they're pumping Biden with to keep him semi-lucid, but he is going to deteriorate so rapidly. I will be flabbergasted if he's still able to speak by the time that we get to the election. Yeah. Well, and if it's not then, it's it's right after. It's coming. It's, it's Oh, it, it's rapidly. He's got one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel, and that's obvious to everybody. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. Well, it's funny because what I went on, uh, it's it's funny and it's not funny, but when I went on to Newsmax to talk about today, there's this Axios article that came out which is is talking about I'll just I'll read part of it here. Veterans of the Obama administration are relaunching an advocacy group advocacy advocacy group, sorry, I can't speak, called National Security Action to make the case for President Biden's re-election based on are you ready for it? Based on his foreign policy. They go on and talk about the Israel uh, Israel Hamas war in Gaza has divided the Democratic Party and the group will try and make the case for Democrats to unite using the argument that Biden is better than another Trump term. National Security Action was originally founded by Jake Sullivan. Yes, that's the same guy who's the National Security Advisor now. And Ben Rhodes, who's kind of taking taking things on now and going to push ahead with, of course, some significant help from his friends over there. But he told Axios that they will work to, quote, remind people that this is a choice that Trump represents a different approach to foreign policy that's very dangerous. And rather than making the crisis in the world, crises in the world better, he's likely to make them all worse. He added, quote, I really think that Trump winning is incredibly dangerous for democracy globally because it will validate the trend in global politics is is in this autocratic uh, direction. And so whether you're Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin or Kim Jong-un or even a far right party in Europe, you're going to feel the wind in your sails. Bottom line, <clears throat> what they're trying to do is uh, they're, they're grasping for straws first and foremost but what they're trying to do is they're saying okay none of this is working we've got to start chipping away at trump and some of the momentum that he's getting obviously he's up in in a lot of the polls particularly in the swing states which will prove critical in the 2024 presidential election but we've got to take some hits at him how can we do it really difficult to do when all of the policies under this administration have failed and been disastrous failed for the american people not for for the marxists but failed for the american people and been disastrous and what they're trying to do is say well you know at least biden's better at foreign policy than trump you'll give us that right like that's the that's the tack that they're taking but here's the problem with that he's not better at foreign policy than Trump. Jill Biden will always tell us, Joe will always tell us, oh, he loves foreign policy. But he's atrocious at it. This this battle that the National Security Action Advocacy Group is going to go after and push, trying to compare the two on foreign policy, Trump's going to be dangerous, Trump's going to be bad for democracy and peace and prosperity and all those things. How, how I mean, literally, how can anyone... 
I know there's some dumb people out there who will go for it, but how can anyone look at these two things? Like Trump, don't like Trump. Don't care. Not the point of the conversation. How can you look at these two things and say, yeah, you know what? Biden's better at foreign policy. We've had the biggest international blunder in our lifetime, if not ever, with Afghanistan. We've got everything going on with Russia and Ukraine. We're expanding NATO. We're making mistake after mistake on the Israel-Hamas war front. We're trying to get ourselves for the love of God. I don't know why, but we're trying to get ourselves into another war in the Middle East. Our border, which is, yes, a domestic, but also a, a, a foreign policy slash national security type issue, clearly, is wide open. This guy has been an unmitigated disaster on foreign policy. Trump, again, like him or don't like him, got us into no wars. The Abraham, Abraham Accords were astonishing in the Middle East. Did they fix everything? No, it's the Middle East. You can't fix it. But it was, it was a great step in the right direction. And moreover, you had leaders around the globe who either respected and or feared the United States of America so they didn't do shit against us, which is a huge thing. All you got to do is walk big and carry a big stick. You got to... You've got to have that gravitas. We don't have it now. We're apologetic for who we are. We're getting ourselves purposefully into more conflict, which is making us extremely vulnerable at home on a number of fronts. I, I just, this, this to me was, was a laughable notion. Well, you know what? We're getting our ass kicked in the polls. This has not gone well. This has not gone well. I got an idea. Let's compare Trump and Biden on foreign policy. No, guys, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> Joe Biden is an alcoholic stepmom who is cool if the teenage kids have all their friends over and drink as nobody as long as nobody's driving home. And she's gonna take her white wine and go to bed and you know watch uh, you know Netflix or whatever and eventually pass out after one or two you know one or two zanny bars. And the, the kids are just going to go wild. They're going to be doing whatever they want to do. They're going to be heading out. Other people are coming in. And that's the same thing that's happening w across the world with Joe Biden here. It's everybody's going wild because they know that, you know, Joe, is, his brain is decaying in front of us, that Marxist policies don't work, and that this sort of appeasement uh, appeasement diplomacy that the biden administration the stance that they've taken doesn't work all right. it does is embolden your enemies or enemies of the united states to do to act however they want to act with, with no repercussions because they don't fear him and right. drew you've been you know you you've been in the mid-east in that part of the country more than any other person that i know and you know better than anybody that if you're perceived as being weak, they will walk all over your ass. Yes. No, it's I, I, look, the Middle East is complicated. Our relationship and and hostility with Russia and China complicated. But at the end of the day, this is all way more simple than people make it out to be. When America is strong and says, hey, here's the deal. We're going to be kind, but we're going to be powerful. And if you misstep, here's going to be the consequences. And we're going to help people. And if you if you piss on this person, 
we're going to blow your house up. It, it, when we act the way that America has always acted, and we don't get it all right. I'm not saying we're right. We've got so many issues. And we learn more about all the issues of our past all the time. But when we, when we act the way that we're supposed to, and, and the world sees America as strong and together, man, it's, it's, it's pretty wild how things don't go the way that they're going right now. And it's not just this administration. Happened under Obama. I can tell you it was a huge difference from 08 to 2016 when Obama was there. We've seen it before with the Clinton. Go all the way back as far as you want to go. But, but it's, it's, it, the way the world sees it is like when you're a kid, right? Who's under the thumb of your parents, wants some freedom, under the thumb of your teachers and your school staff, and you see this young substitute teacher come in. Are you going to be on your best behavior? No. You're going to try and get away with all sorts of shit. Oh, no. Yeah, Mrs. Johnson lets us talk on our phones and do this. She lets us go for walks during class. She lets us do everything. Yeah, you pull out all the stops, and that's what the world does when they see this. And then you, you to pour gas on the fire, it's not just that we have weakness here. You have people at home and abroad actively trying to further divide us, sow chaos and division in this country. So they not only see that the White House is a joke, reference the, the previous two clips of Biden that we showed just today uh, as Exhibit A and B, but they not only see that the White House is a joke— and that we're destroying our military and we're destroying our intelligence community and we're using using them for the wrong things, but they see that the country's not even together. And they just look at it like, oh, this is a great opportunity. They have someone who's a full-fledged dementia patient in the final days of his life residing in the White House. Their country hates each other. And they're not letting their people who are badass warriors, pipe, pipe hitters out in, in the field, do their job. So this is probably a good time to strike and do whatever we want. That, that's right. exactly what's happening. It comes down to strength. Do they see strength or do they see weakness? And the whole world responds to it. It's hard to see any strength right now. No. I mean, it, it's like we're living – I feel like we're living – I've – What's the best way to put this? I feel like I'm not living in a country. I, I, I feel like I'm not living in the United States. I feel like I'm just, I'm sort of existing in some kind of like, you know, almost like a subdivision that doesn't have an HOA, where it's, uh, they're, they're remnants of, of things that remind me of having a country, but it, it's not altogether there. You know, there, there's no, doesn't seem to be any sort of law enforcement in your bigger cities. There doesn't seem to be any sort of um, repercussions for, for, for people's actions. Uh, there doesn't, there seems to be, well, there is two different sets of laws depending on your race, gender, or religion. And there also seems to be no laws, well, there are no laws when it comes to illegal immigration. Yeah. So it just it, it feels like that we're all just sort of existing right now in the in the husk of what used to be a country. Yeah. No, I agree. It does. But it, it, yeah. It, it's it's and it's very frustrating, obviously, to experience that because this <laughs> this was never perfect, but it 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 was great and and people generally liked the country and and respected officials respected the law 
and now you have you have none of that you have none of that and part of it's because our officials have betrayed us and we've found out more about who they are and how they care about themselves and not us so you you don't respect them anymore <clears throat> and you see how they how they've treated you know even all the way up to the white house and and the presidency now and you see that the left just sees it as a figurehead position they don't actually care about who's there they just want you see all these different things you see how people on on the the street level can go and take to your to your point there's no consequences for for a lot of actions now and and it is you feel like oh my gosh and 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 moreover no one loves this country there's no the, the flag is seen as a a polarizing thing now the national anthem polarizing thing how, how do i mean i the, the i know the answer to the question but you ask yourself how the hell did we get here man this this place was great <clears throat> And we all agree, and we're going to talk about RFK later. The, the reason that we give him some love every once in a while, no one here is going to vote for RFK, but the reason that we give him and, and people like him love is because, like, well, you know what? You still love the country. We can talk. We, we can be friends. We can agree to disagree on certain stuff. You don't hate us and wish for our demise, so you're in my little circle of trust. But Right, but, and, uh, and the same thing. I see RFK and Trump being very similar. Whenever, if the establishment hates you, I like you, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, you know, I agree with RFK on a few things. We've talked about this before, but when it comes to climate and the guns, you know, those are non-starters with me. But when it comes to conservation and it comes to uh, bureaucratic capture uh, of businesses, yes, you know, I, I'm on the same page with RFK, but the fact the fact of the matter is that he's not getting Secret Service protection, and now that Nikki Haley has applied for it, let's see if she gets it. Because if we know that she gets it, then she's the favored one. She's the one that the establishment wants, and they absolutely hate RFK. And to me, his stack, his stock, you know, rises in value to me because he's over the target. Yeah. No, absolutely, and that's that's what it comes down to. Are you on it basically comes down to are you on permanent Washington's team yes or no and 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 after that if if the answer is no it's like okay we've got a starting point here we've got a starting point and and that's what it is I just saw uh someone mention in the chat too but also saw it come across uh on my computer that we'll talk about this more tomorrow we won't get into it as much tonight but Chris Christie considering a third party bid <laughs> He would consider no labels. Yeah, that's. Oh, we're gonna yeah. have some fun with that. We're gonna have some. You'll fun do with well that. in Camden, New Jersey. <laughs> let's do. Uh, let's let's take a break from politics for a quick second. We're gonna get back into an update on Trump. We're gonna actually go back to RFK Jr. Uh, before we get out of here for the day. But let's do question of the day. You got to dig back into your your memory here. This would be tough for for Joe Biden. Well, he could he could go thirty four years back and maybe remember something, but. Super Bowl is this weekend, as we all know. Some of you care, some of you don't. That's okay. Let's let's channel back to when you did care. And if you're in that small camp that's like, I never cared. Okay. I hope that you at least like corn dogs. Ooh, but this sounds good. Corn dogs are so good. They're so good. But the question is this: What is the best Super Bowl Super Bowl commercial that you've ever seen? That you, or at least that you can remember. Obviously, there there used to be that used to be one of the best parts about the game. Obviously, great games, but that's the entertainment that would come alongside of it. Now they're, they're awful. They're woke nonsense and hardly any of them are funny. They're just political garbage. 
But what is the best Super Bowl commercial that you have ever seen or that you can remember? And if you want to throw a couple out, that's fine. But we're going to ask some Super Bowl questions this week because it is the Super Bowl. It should be a hell of a game Sunday night between the Niners and the Chiefs. So we'll we'll look forward to that. We'll look forward to some of the stupid, dramatic stuff that happens surrounding it and some of the woke BS that happens around it. But hopefully it's a good game. For now, though, we're going to focus on this question, which, again, is what is the best Super Bowl commercial you've ever seen? Tom, you're up first. <laughs> Pressure's wow, on. Wow, that, that's a tough one. I, I can't remember the commercial, the exact commercial of what it was. Uh, well, actually, let me say there's two. One, I think it was last year, the FTX commercial with Larry David. Just the fact that thing went so sideways so <laughs> yeah. quickly. I think that was a classic. But Larry David and, you know, going through history, making mistakes with, oh, the wheel will never work and all that. You know, I thought that was really funny. But there was one commercial, and I can't remember who it was for, and I don't even really remember the premise other than it was they were trying to herd cats. Do you remember that one? I remember. I'm trying. Oh, man. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, gosh. They were trying to hurt kids. the only one that Was it a Budweiser commercial? I can't remember. EDS and HB Company Cat Herders. It's like a cowboy out on the range. Yeah. I see the picture now. I've got an ad. Uh, And pop-ups and now you'll be getting endless emails <laughs> you'll be getting targeted for cats <laughs> i can't remember what it was for together information ideas and technology eds something hmm. it's an hb company but okay so you're going with the cat herder commercial yeah let me see if i can get more specific on that okay but go ahead uh jill just says budweiser in general Andy says the frogs. Barb also the frogs. Yeah, that was I remember when that that was that was the thing. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. Yeah, the Clydesdales are always a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I said best, not funniest. So it could yeah. be it could be just best. There have been some good like heart string pulling ones over the years oh yes very oh yeah i, I, I remember any of like them? the remember the clydesdale one where it's like the pony wants to be in the clydesdale and then it like trains up and then yes. it becomes one of the front horse yes. like that was it was a good one yeah great grandfather he's the first cat herder in our family <laughs> okay so what are you going to go with so I, I have two okay it's a toss-up between remember the michael jordan larry bird one where they're like off the you know nothing but net you know and they're, they keep oh, trying yeah, to one up each McDonald's other commercial. McDonald's, that was a good one and then the is it Terry Tate, the office yeah, linebacker? That's that was just you weren't expecting it. Also, he's just tackling people in the yeah, office. That just first <laughs> one. That first one. Such a great ad. Um, yeah, yeah. I, gosh, it wasn't the the first. I you know I love you, man, but I love you too. But you can't my beer. That was a that was a Super Bowl one. <laughs> What's up? What's up? That was a good one. <laughs> that, one, that one was pretty good. Um, my, my favorite parody of the was up one was the one with all the rabbis. Did you see that one? We're like shalom. Like such a good one. That remember. was a good one. No, but I would say it's between the office linebacker and the McDonald's one with Jordan and Larry office linebacker is a good pull. A good pull. Lots of people saying the frogs. Um, 
the uh the Clydesdale with the dog. Yeah, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um I think they're bringing that one back and they're doing they? a new version of it uh this year. Yeah, the Clydesdales are hard to beat. Yeah. They they really are. I I would say I'm probably between two as well. I think that I'm um okay, yeah, I I saw which one you put up there, Tom. Wait, I'd play it, but we can't play it. Yeah, yeah. We'll get dinged. But the um the the Clydesdales are great in terms of kind of that emotional, you know, heartstring kind of pull. So I'll stick there. But Bud Light had some great funny ones oh, yeah. back in the day. You know, pre Bud Light now, who we're all giving a second chance to because they've made some smart moves. So we're, <laughs> we're giving them the freedom to try and and I never and really liked play. drinking Bud Light, but No, neither yeah, do I. No. But <clears throat> but their but their commercials were pretty funny back then Andy's saying wasn't eds a ross perot company once upon a time i don't know andy that's a good question that's a good question now the one that i would like to see if they were to ever try to like redo it to kind of do the same message it was because i remember learning about it It was the 1984 apple with like they have like the big screen and everyone is going with the flow and listening to the person on the screen and then someone's like i want to go that way and it was the apple computer I would love to see that because it's them like showing like, oh, we can't listen to mainstream you know, like corporate people. We got to go. It wouldn't be done today. It wouldn't be done at all. Because <laughs> it's all mainstream corporate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the woman comes and she throws the hammer into the into the screen. It was such a great like there was so many things underlining it where it's like, oh, don't listen to the man. But they yeah. wouldn't do that today. No, he can't do anything yeah. today. Can't do anything. All right, keep sending your what's up is classic. Um, keep sending your responses in. Hit that like button if you have not already. And we're going to continue on with two last stories before we get out of here for tonight. But let's go back to Trump. We talked about Biden versus Trump in terms of foreign policy and this National Security Action Advocacy Group that's that's going to try and compare the truth. By the Captain Rock, by the way, thank you uh, for for mentioning the news Max hit this morning. Fun to wake up with those guys and and talk about that story I just was referencing a second ago. But going back to him, you've got a federal appeals court in Washington, D.C. ruled that Trump does not, N-O-T, all caps, have immunity from prosecution in his election case as a result of having been president at the time of the alleged crimes. He's expected to, as most are, most are reporting and suggesting at least, that he's going to ask the Supreme Court to overturn the appeals court ruling. But uh, this all, of course, is tied into his the nonsense surrounding 2020 and the left's the left's views and interpretations of it shall we say but this isn't this isn't great news we it's not surprising to me but it's not great news for trump and and the thought that it goes to the supreme court and that you get roberts and amy coney barrett and everyone on board to, to first of all that it gets there but second of all if it does that they do the right thing is should be concerning to you. I think that there's a lot of reasons to be concerned with how our justice system works writ large. And then when you look at the Supreme Court, which we should have a pretty healthy advantage in, even there, it does, it just doesn't work the way that it's supposed to. So this is one of those things where you wanted to have that top cover and protection, and now you don't. And you're you're kind of throwing up a Hail Mary, hoping that that you get some extra help that that says, yes, in fact, you do. I, I, I could see it going this way. It's, again, it doesn't surprise me that this is how a, a portion or a component of the judicial system ruled on this. But it's not good good news for Trump. It, it, it's just not because this is one. It's just another legal battle that he's 
entangled in. But but two, it takes away immunity in this particular case, the, the D.C. case, that, that could come back to bite him in the ass. You know, if the Republican Party had any balls whatsoever, which they don't, no. once this ruling came out, I would say, okay, if I'm the Attorney General of Florida, Ashley Moody, I'm looking at you, I would I would get a warrant. I would bring up a, case, a criminal case against crimes against humanity and deliver it to George W. Bush. And I would also do the same thing with Barack Obama, and I would go to Carter's deathbed and issue him a subpoena too and say, you know what? You guys want to play this game? Let's play this game because you're all guilty of some kind of crime. Right. If you really want to get down to it, yeah. because right now what you're doing is you're trying to take away the biggest threat to this globalist takeover that there is it being Trump. If you want to nitpick and start talking about crimes that that were committed at the behest of a president of the United States. All right, let's do this. Let's go down to Atlanta, Georgia or Plains, Georgia and pull that old man out of his fucking hospice bed in handcuffs with, with, with the FBI. You know, let, let's hold him accountable for for the, the, the mission that went awry in the Delta operators and the airmen that were killed in the Iraqi sand or the Iranian sand. You know, let's bring him into trial for that. Let's take Bush and throw him into the head. You know what? Throw him in Gitmo. You know, <laughs> let, let, let's get let's party. Let's do this. Well, that that was one of the things in, the, in that article. Uh, someone said, if if this is where we're going, we are now setting the precedent that any president after this coming out is not immune to anything and they can get they can get charged with whatever based on what they do while they're in office. Yeah, and you'd think that people would look at it and say, oh, you know what, let's pump the brakes. This could come back to bite us in the ass too. But the problem is, is they don't, that's, that's how a, a reasonable person would think. That's not how the left thinks. That's not how members of permanent Washington think. Because they say to themselves and they're right, oh, well, this could come back to bite us if we weren't on the correct team. But they're on the correct team. So they're always given that top cover and protection, whether they're exposed or not. I mean, think think of all the things that just this particular administration has been caught doing. Emails, phone calls, all sorts of things. And they're very exposed. It doesn't matter because they're on the correct team. So uh, there's an argument to be made for that for sure that that everyone sh- would be in the same boat then but the problem is is we're all supposed to be in the same boat in the first place you break the law there's consequences you do this there's consequences but it, but it doesn't that's not how it actually plays out and that's that's the issue with this i think uh, it should backfire as people are saying in the chat but I, I i think we're giving the system too much credit and we're giving, It'll in this case, happen. the Republicans too much credit. Okay, well, as soon as we get all the power back and we get in the White House, we're going to do this, that, and the other. You're going to jail. We're repealing this. We're doing that. Since when? When have you ever done any of that? I'll wait. The answer is never. You never do anything. Our, our, we, we don't have a party that represents us. So I, I, I get the mindset of this will backfire. And hopefully it goes away and the Supreme Court does rule and step in in, in his favor and prevent this particular ruling from from stay, from sticking. But I, I, I just don't have that much optimism. Call me a pessimist, but I don't have that much optimism left in my tank for all the stuff that's been going on here. I just don't see it happening. No, 
Uh, Republicans are too much of a pushover. They don't want to win. They don't know how to win. It, well, it, they, they, I think they know how to win, but they don't want to win. They right. just want to go along to get along. You know, I wish that the Republican Party had a third of the amount of guts that the Democrats do. The Democrats are the most ruthless beasts that are walking the, the planet Earth right now. If they could get away with murdering their opponents, they would. They've already gotten away with, with imprisoning their opponents through January 6th and don't give a shit about it. You know, if you're going to try and write this ship, you have to have that mentality. But then we get, you know, stuck with, uh, you know, Ginger Sandusky, you know, with the, with his border bill. That's, that's Langford, by the way, people. <laughs> that's the type of Republicans that we get. They're not fighters. They're yeah. the these ballless eunuchs that just, you know, oh, you know what? We're above the fray. You know, we're not going to stoop to that level. Oh, you know what? Th those those mean old Democrats, they just have to remember when we take power that we could do the same thing, but we won't because, you know, we have the, the moral high ground. Moral high ground is not going to get you shit unless you start fighting like you're the third monkey trying to Board, bo board Noah's Ark and it's starting to rain and the Republicans don't have it. Yeah, no, they don't. They've, they've never once proved that they do and anyone who says that they are going to be different, we're going to be different, I prove it. I don't believe you. I, I don't believe one word you say. And, and no, if you, and if you do, you don't have the, the, the resources and, and the people around you to actually execute. There, again, there's, there's people with Eli and Anna and some of these others, 10 or less, that actually do care and want to bring about that change, but it doesn't at the end of the day matter. And I'm not trying to say that they've wasted their time. They're, they're trying and God bless them for trying, but you just need, you need more. You need an army to, to actually do it. An army, politically speaking. Right. And, and the Republicans don't have it. You know, this whole, this whole gun issue that, you know, that Hunter Biden is involved with. It, it, you know uh, that that's a that's a great one for you know the attorney general of Nevada to get the FBI or whoever and say look motherfucker you're coming with us you know and bash down the door and just make his life a living hell but they know that the way that it's set up right now the 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 structure of violence that you know a political violence that's in place to like ruin you is all on the left. That's what they have. You know, right. the left has done an incredible job of amassing all this power to utterly destroy their enemies, and Republicans are just shit scared of them. Yeah, no, they are. They are. Well, you know who is? We've got folks on the left and the right who are scared of Trump just because he doesn't play by their rules. Someone else that they're scared of who who worries the establishment is rfk jr and he i i hate i i hate listening to him speak i'm not trying to sound mean but i hate listening to him speak so but we've all got to listen to him in this clip here because he goes after uh dc agencies he goes after trump a little bit here too so don't get don't get your your panties in a water over that but listen to him speak here and then let's talk about that and let's talk about some of his poll numbers here take a listen think they mean it you know these presidential candidates i think president trump meant it 
But then, you know, they get into office and they're confronted by these agencies. Each one has their own problems. Each one is, you know, they're all corrupt. They're all captured. But each one of them has different solutions. And, um, you know, President Trump said that he was going to drain the swamp. But then he brought John Bolton in to run the NSA, who's like a, a, the template for swamp creatures. And he brought Mike Pompeo, who was the, you know, in to run the State Department, who is the, the, you know, the, the most bellicose and belligerent uh, foreign policy, militarized foreign policy of any individual in our country. He brought Scott Gottlieb, a partner of, a business partner to Pfizer, in to run FDA. And Gottlieb gave, a, did an $88 billion favor for his company. And then he left FDA to the board, of, back to the board of directors to collect his payoff. And if you look at every one of the agencies, the same thing happened. There were more lobbyists in government than any time in American history, running the agencies that are supposed to regulate their industries. And it wasn't about draining the swamp. And as I, I, I believed uh, President Trump wanted to do that, but I don't think he was able to. I don't think he was able to stand up to his bureaucracy. And he said great things. He said, I don't want to do lockdowns. They make no sense. And then a week later, he ordered them, ordered, you know, a, a, a two-week lockdown that ended up in almost two years. Um, and, he, you know, he said that hydroxychloroquine worked, and, and, he, uh, and then he backed down, so he was able to be rolled by his bureaucracy. And I believe that he had his chance, and that President Biden had his chance. And the big issues that are confronting our nation which is the destruction, the systematic destruction of the working poor of the American middle class. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And we need, we need a big change in this country. And, you know... He goes on there for a bit longer, obviously, um, as a part of his, his speech and his campaign. But I, want, I just want to break down some of the, of the point. He, he talks about how D.C. is is corrupt and these agencies are captured and there's people within them that are using them and abusing the power within said agencies for 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 not so good, right? They're not doing the right things for the American people for this country. And I think we can all agree on that. And he and he and then he started to pick on Trump a little bit, which is interesting. Um, not not that interesting because it's campaign season and they're and look they're they're very different on a lot of stances they're similar in terms of some of their values and how they approach things but different but he he did he, he you know look we like trump around these parts I, i'm not full-on MAGA or anything like that i think he was a hell of a president if he's our nominee which he's going to be then then he'll be the guy that i vote for again and i love how he shoots from the hip i love how he does things different and just straight up broke the system i hate some of the stuff we're dealing with now because of their response from permanent washington because the system was broken and they're threatened but there's two things that he if there's two things that we frequently pick on trump for it's his personnel he hired all sorts of bad people first time around hopefully he doesn't do that if he gets back in and, and i'd like to think that he wouldn't but there was awful personnel decisions made 
not just in cabinet positions, but around him in terms of some of the people in his inner circle. And then also COVID was, was a tricky spot for him. He didn't do great on that. And if I'm RFK Jr. And I'm trying to capture those voters who are just right of center, the four or five independents that are left in this country and the folks who are just left of center who have been abandoned by the Democrat party, I'm hitting these same points too. I'm hitting these same points too because while I don't want RFK Jr. to win, I, uh, he, he made a lot of fair statements in that little sound, sound bite that we just listened to there. He did. And one thing that I find refreshing about RFK is he just laid out the case. There was nothing personal to it. He was just, he was, uh, uh, you know, objectively stating facts about who these people are. Whereas, you know, a lot of the things that we like about Trump are, you know, unappealing to other people, you know, and he, there, there was, you know, RFK didn't say, you know, look at Nikki Haley, you know, she, her face is pockmarked, you know, it's like she put her face in a waffle iron, you know, he's not, he's not saying things like that, you right. know, that we're used to hearing from Trump when it comes to fighting back. He laid out, you know, pretty cogent thoughts about who, what mis missteps that Trump made in his cabinet positions. And he, he spelled it out. He made a pretty compelling case. And I think for a lot of people, seeing somebody like RFK, who's able to lay out a compelling case about somebody's mistakes without making it personal, you know, calling them dumb or, you know, buying gun, he's the next Hitler, you know, that kind of shit resonates with people. Yeah. And, you know, my hope is if Trump does become the nominee, that we get to see a bit more of laying out the case. And, you know, and as much as, you know, we like hearing like, look at Ted Cruz's wife. She's a dog. <laughs> Ted, your <laughs> wife's a dog. She has a dog face. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a little less of that, I think, will help win over people who are like, I hate Biden. I can't stand Trump. You know, those are the people that he needs to reach. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and you know, people making their comments in the chat. Look, this is not this is not us hitting on Trump either. This is this is simply saying RFK is taking a good tact here. RFK is dead wrong on a lot of his policies, a lot of his main policies. Couldn't disagree with him anymore. But <clears throat> he he's 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 running this smartly. Is he going to win? No, of course not. He has no chance in hell. But. He's making a bigger impact than perhaps, and has the chance to make a bigger impact perhaps than we've seen a third party candidate do in a long time. Maybe going back to a you know Ross Perot or I, I don't know, whoever else you want to throw in that mix. But but he he he's making an impact and and I I do I think he handled that well because those are two things that Trump sucked on. Trump has been good on on look he's still got an A grade. He's still playing on Saturday. He just no one gets a hundred percent all the time and. And, and, and I, I, I like the way that, that he broke that down. Again, I'm not saying I like him. I'm voting for him. No, not, not even remotely the case. But, but you've got, we've got to be able to say this. Because this, in this day and age, you can't, whether it's about someone on the right, someone in the center, or someone on the left, people can't just – people do such a bad job, I feel like, of, of qualifying the statement and breaking it down further and saying, okay, that was good, this was bad. It's just honestly – you know, people jump right to, I hope he dies in a barn fire. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Cut. Okay. I mean, that's fine. You might get there. That might be your end result, but, but come on. Like, let's, let's, 
let's let's go along with what they're saying, listen to what they're saying, then break it down and agree with some and disagree with some. Or maybe it's disagree with all. But if you disagree with all, I feel like that's kind of more of an emotional play and it's probably not really how you feel or you're really not breaking it down. I agree. I, now he should do Biden's camera. Yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> I, I, absolutely, Captain Rock. But call people call people out, and and but also applaud them for the things they get right. They, there's some things that he's done done well, and because of it, this is going to be an interesting election because he's going to he's going to pull away some people from both candidates, Trump and Biden, that both of those candidates need. And and part of it's going to be because of his approach. Now he's also going to lose candidates because he's fucking impossible to listen to. And that sounds shallow, but have you looked around our country? That's 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 where we are. That's where I we mean, are. Just the way it is. Yeah. There's no getting around it. He RFK has a lot of substantive things that you know that he can get across, but the articulation of them is a struggle, and it's a struggle for people to listen to the message, especially when we live in a day and age of just instant gratification. It, 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 people just don't have patience for it. Yeah, no, they don't, and and it it really it is that's a pretty damning a damning thing for our country and society as a whole because he he he, he honestly doesn't have a chance based on that alone. He, he, <laughs> no, and he, like like I said, you know, I am not you know an RFK supporter. I like the fact that the establishment hates him. Yeah. But he loses me on guns and also climate change. Abortion, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, abortion. Yeah, you name it. There, there's plenty of things that I disagree with him on. But the things that I do agree with him, I think that the points that he brings up about um, weaknesses in other candidates, and in this case, Trump, in, in Trump's selection of his staff, I understand it. And he makes a compelling case of, of why he thinks that it was a mistake instead of you know, it, it, to me, it, it's even though, I, you know, it just kind of like, you know, you, you don't want to hear about, you know, somebody you support their mistakes and this and that, but it's good to hear it, you know, and instead we just get it. It's thought out, I think, on RFK's part yeah. where we just have these vapid, vacuous mannequin heads like Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris who just don't have any sort of original thought, and their default is always, oh, Trump's going to be a dictator. Oh, you know, you never hear them criticize the deep state people that Trump had in his administration, but you do with RFK. And that shows you that, you know, RFK is not a part of the club because Kamala and Gavin know who the members of the club are and the ones that you can't go after because you're going to see them again. Yeah. No, exactly. Well, and they also rarely attack his policies either. They literally just come up with BS statements like he's going to get us into a war. He's going to be a dictator. He's going to be an authoritarian. <laughs> like, based on what? Uh, based on what? Honestly, give give us an example here. And they can't because there is not one. It's it's ridiculous. But no, I mean, going back to your the, the start of that statement, it, it's in, it's in, you can't just you can't just go for all the stuff you want to hear. And and it's, it's important that these people should all in, in a fair, realistic, normal world, these people, whether you're Biden, Trump, RFK, Joe Manchin, if Chris Christie puts down the donut and decides to run as a third party candidate, you should be attacking on policy and, and under performance, under delivery on promises, stuff like that. Yes. That is something 
that Trump promised to do, drain the swamp. Didn't do it because the system is bigger than him. Here's the news flash. If he gets in again, and I hope he does, he's not going to drain it this time either. You can't. It's 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 just I, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news. The swamp's not getting drained, folks. You 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 try and stay afloat in it and get some shit done, but it's not just going to happen in some four-year term. That's that's that is literally not even on the table, in my view. And I hate that it's not. I wish it was. But but anyone who says I'm going to get in there and I'm gonna, and even DeSantis, who I think is great and is an outstanding governor, talked about I'm going to actually drain the swamp. No, you're not. Not, not a damn one of you can do it. Trump can't. DeSantis, you're the two best people we've got on our side. Yeah. We don't have a very deep bench. Neither of you can do it. And that's not even that's not an attack on you. That's just the truth. We've got to come back to the truth. Can you start making some dents and make some changes that are helpful? Yes. But unless we have more people like you continuing to come in and more people surrounding whoever continues to come in, and we have a sustained effort. And I'm not talking about four, eight, 12 years. I'm talking about 100 years. We're, shit's not going to change in D.C. It's just not. Yeah. And I mean, I, I look at Trump like I look at, you know, like Dave Chappelle, you know, or Bill Burr or any stand-up comic, you know. I might I, I might really like their set. And I'm, you know, I might be like, man, you got to check out their Netflix special. It's fantastic. It, you know, it's really great. But there's going to be probably two or three jokes in there that, you know, fell flat for me that I didn't think were funny. It doesn't mean I didn't like the entire set and I didn't like the entire show. Right. You know, there were just a couple of things that, you know, I didn't think were funny. It is the same thing with, you know, anybody else like Trump or whatever. It's like there are a couple of things that I think you had a couple of missteps. But in the end, I really enjoyed the set, you know, and I'm a fan. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Any anyone who's who thinks that someone's batting a thousand or that you're going to bat a thousand, that's just not that's just not how things go. And and but we've gotten to that. That's a huge cultural issue that we have in this country now, where everyone expects everything to be perfect. And the second something is whether real or perceived goes wrong, they're they're thrown to the curb. That's a huge problem about people in terms of who they are as individuals too. I, and and I I'm not, I, I've done it myself that person just did that i hate them now and and then you have to stop back and think like okay wow all right maybe i don't maybe maybe there needs to be some grace there how would i want this to be perceived if you're getting all of the things wrong if you're if you're getting nine out of ten things wrong okay you're probably a lost cause to the rail yard with you but if you're getting nine out of ten things right we can let that that one one thing or two things pass Right. Yeah. That, that's the difference between somebody like Trump and somebody like Lady Graham or Ginger Sandusky. There, <laughs> you know, there's certain things that you can let pass, but those two, Ginger and Sandusky, and also uh, Lady Graham, we, we, their, their sets are horrible. They're, yeah. they're terrible. We all, we all can't stand them and would love to boo them off the stage. They're, they're the yeah. worst. There's right. nothing redeeming that they have. Right. Yeah. You know, it reminds me, the, the, those two remind me a lot of what was uh, Denny Hastert. And, you know, everybody in the Republican Party knew that this dude was a pedophile, even before he got into politics. But they knew that they had leverage on him. And, you know, he was the Speaker of the House for a long period of time. And was just like, oh, we're just going to ignore that. And it's like, you knew that he was a shitbag to begin with. And 
you just kind of propped him up and led him along. And if he's going to do, you know, young boys and this and that, you're just going to, you know, turn your head. And it, it's, it's just to the point where it's like everything within the Republican party has become so toxic. It's like, you know, I, I don't even know if I want to be, you know, on this boat anymore. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, speaking of, of, of being on this boat or not wanting to be on this boat, 216 to 214 that was the vote today on whether or not to impeach dhs secretary mayorkas 216 went to the democrats we had four republicans who joined their side we couldn't even get it through the the gop controlled house Ray, who are the four does it say let me guess dan crenshaw uh him being one of them uh oh don bacon i see ken buck of colorado tom mcclintock of california mike gallagher of wisconsin uh and i don't see the fourth we'll talk about it tomorrow i'm sure but but I, we're gonna drain the swamp we have we we have control of the house right now we should be impeaching all sorts of people getting stuff through knowing some of it's not going to go the whole way right we can't go the distance because we don't control the senate but we're not even <laughs> we're not even really trying and and yeah. you have a guy who has screwed up so badly in my orcas and then you have people like ken buck going i just don't see it <laughs> you know those are the people that we have on our team like i said we have a team of a bunch of losers yeah you know i don't even want to be on this team anymore because no. they don't want to win no exactly that's why i've never wanted my island more and, and you know we've always joked about the island for the drew crew i've never wanted it more before it was because of tyranny and the way the left was doing things during covid and this that and the other but it was like let's let, now it's just I want away from all of it. I, I want away because our team is, we, we say this all the time. I think our team's worse than the other team. Our team is worse than the other team because our team lies right to our face. Yeah. They, they don't have the, the courage to say, you know what? I'm a communist and I believe everything that the Democrats, you know, want to do because we're on this party boat that you will never be on. And I'm just going to say things to, to make you want to vote for me because, you know, quite frankly, you don't have a choice. And it's either that, you know, we're both, we're both on this party boat going to the same dock, both the Democrats and the Republicans. The only difference is when Republicans are the captains of the boat, they pull the throttle back. When Democrats are in charge, they mash the throttle throttle down and they're going to the communist port. Yeah. Yeah. So uplifting. So uplifting. <laughs> but again, guys, it's... Uh, we, we get together. We put on a show for you and, and talk about this and then we collectively with you have this conversation each and every day about a lot of important things that are going on most of which is not good but it's it's still it's it's really important that we we talk about it and realize all of this stuff and get on the same page where we can as on as many areas as we can because it is it's a tough world out there and there's no one coming there's no one coming to help so it's <laughs> no. we've got to it's always been about we the people 
So we, the people, have to get smarter, stick together, and realize that they, those other folks, don't give two shits about us. So we've got to do that. For now, we encourage you to go get a drink or something. Yeah, I mean, we're still in it. I mean, there we nobody has declared broken arrow yet. No. You know, when all is lost, that, yeah. that's not going out. But it's just so frustrating to see, you know, the the only hope that we have for preserving something be like, nah, you know what? I like the job that I have now, and I don't really care about you, little peasant. So I'm just going to, you know, treat myself to, you know, a little teenage anal and some Coke while you, you know, go wait in line oh, for dear you know, God. rump roast. I got the four names. Yeah, okay. Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin, Ken Buck of Colorado, Blake Moore, and Tom McClintock. Okay, so Moore was the one that I didn't yeah. have in this report. Um, well, I was wrong. Dan Crenshaw, you know, Patch McCain came through. Patch McCain. All right, folks. I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm sure you have, too, in terms of the content. Uh, we did have a good time. We tried to have a good time. Yeah. And I hope that you guys did too. I hope that you guys can have a good, relaxing evening. Take a break from the rest of this stuff. I promise you there will be plenty more to get into tomorrow. Please do hit that like button on the way out. Make sure you're subscribed if you have not already here on Rumble, wherever you're watching. But we'd also encourage you, if you're not on Rumble, to come over, if you're seeing this later or whenever, to rumble.com forward slash Drew Burke, which just go to Rumble, search Drew Burke, which either way you'll find it. Click the subscribe button there. We hope you have a great night. There is hope. All right, the tomb is empty, so there is there is hope indeed. Uh, we'll look forward to talking with you guys, seeing you all tomorrow. Be safe, be smart, be free.